freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of episode 143 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And today, our theme is looking ahead in the rearview mirror. It's a replay of our episode 70 that aired in 2016 called Raising Baby New Year. And it's really striking as we uh, went back and listened to the the episode to just kind of see, was there anything in there that, you know, really wasn't relevant anymore, whatever. You know what? I think uh, I learned something, Dan. You know what it is? What's that? Survey says Dan should talk more. No, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Seriously, as you're, as I'm listening to some of these older um, shows, I'm like, used to talk a lot more. I, I think I need to talk a little less and give you more time. All right. Hi, everyone. That's about it. All right. Well, we really have a jam-packed show uh, to dive into, and so I don't, I don't want to delay too much. But I did want to ask you. You know, there's so many things that have not changed for the better for gun rights. But just in a in about 30 seconds, can you tell us? You know, what do you find is better? The only thing I can think of right now is the fact that we have uh, Kavanaugh in the Supreme Court because. That's going to help with our Second Amendment rights because he's a strong constitutionalist and believes in Second Amendment. So, oh, I agree with you, and that's a very, very important accomplishment. That and it's good to hold on to those things. All right, sit back, grab a uh, glass of champagne and a party horn, and step into the Wayback Machine with us as we go back to the day before the year 2017 began. And this is our New Year's Eve edition. So we've got a little bit of Auld Lang Syne playing in the background and a lot of different versions uh, in in each of our break segments. Uh, It's kind of fun checking out all that music, finding it out there on the interwebs. And uh, I am Cheryl. We've got Dan here in the studio as well. Welcome to the second hour. uh, We are pre-recorded today because uh, it is New Year's Eve. Absolutely. So... Waiting on the line, we have a friend of ours. We've had him on a couple of times, and we thought it would be great to bring him on. Lars Daleside, um, he is with, uh, he's a spokesman with the NRA ILA, and our theme today is Raising Baby New Year, and so I thought it'd be good to kind of pick Lars's brain and see what do we anticipate for 2017 as far as our gun rights go. I mean, the forecast seems pretty pretty good. But what Dan and I actually are worried about is that people that are passionate about their Second Amendment rights might feel like, all right, everything's in hand. I can just kind of 
take a break, take a nap and and let the powers that be that we elected just kind of run with it. And I, I, I don't think that's really the smartest plan. Lars, are you with us? I'm with you, and I agree totally and completely. Well, welcome to the show. Now, talk to us about that. I mean, what are some of the challenges that we have facing us, and why can't we just take a nap? Well, a lot of people are feeling comfortable right now with the election of Donald Trump, who's definitely a Second Amendment supporter. They feel good, great, everything is in hand. But it doesn't just stop there. It's not just with what the President of the United States can do. And Lord knows there's a lot for him to do when it comes to helping to protect the Second Amendment rights. There's stuff that happens on the local level. There's stuff that happens on the state level. And these are all things that have to be considered when you're looking at to what is going to happen to the Second Amendment rights overall, because you never know where something is going to come up. There's issues that will come up in state legislatures. There will be ballot initiatives. There will be town councils that are going to pass restrictions. And these are all things that people have to keep their eyes and ears open for. So what can we do about that, Lars? I mean, we've got Bloomberg. He's going to be attacking all of our states trying to get laws changed. Culturally speaking, I think, is where he's going to attack. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. And the the thing that you have to do, I mean, I'll tell you from my standpoint, and I know this might sound like I'm, I'm uh, beating the dead horse, but if you go to our website, org, you can keep up to date with the latest and greatest of what's going on. We try to watch out for everything that's happening in all 50 states to make sure that the gun owners out there are informed of what is happening. And once you know what is happening, you can attend those town council meetings. You'll know what state reps that you need to contact if there's something going on, or you know what governor to call or email when things are happening. Staying informed about what is happening is by far your best weapon when it comes to this fight. Well, I could not possibly agree more. I mean, our our whole theme here is to engage, educate, and inform. And, you know, in our backyard, we're sitting here in Arizona. So in our backyard in Tucson, Arizona, which, you know, people think of as, you know, the Wild West, right? It's not so Wild Westy anymore. They, They have elected a whole bunch of people to the city council who have made it their uh, plan to any gun that is confiscated as part of any crime to destroy that. Not just crime, Cheryl, but any gun confiscated for any reason. Right. And so instead of, you know, using that asset and helping the city that's almost bankrupt, they are costing the city even more money fighting this legal battle. Because the state says they can't destroy the guns, but the city is saying they're going to anyway. And so I'm saying, what other asset do they do that with? Do they do they destroy cars that are confiscated? Do they destroy cash that's confiscated? I think no. And so I think it's these sorts of things that you're talking about we need to keep our, our fingers on and our, our eyes peeled to, right? That's exactly, that is a fantastic point. And you're right, a lot of people think the further west you go, until you get to California, of course, uh, that the right. the more people are when it comes to gun rights. But what you're fighting right there in Tucson is exactly what we're seeing happen in Pennsylvania and New York and a number of uh, other states, or at least cities within those states that have these type of regulations that when they confiscate a gun that has been used illegally, that they're destroying them. Now, there are tons of 
people. We have federally licensed firearms dealers. We have people with their concealed carry permits. We have people that have passed background checks time and again that are more than willing to go to these type of auctions mm-hmm. and purchase these firearms. And with that, if when that happens, then these budget shortfalls that the city has when it comes to getting another police cruiser, when it comes to upgrading the jails, when it comes to hiring a few more officers, those shortfalls aren't there anymore. It's an asset, just like you said. They're not melting down jewelry mm-hmm. and you know building statues out of it. They're not burning the cash. There's no need to destroy these firearms. It's not as if they did something wrong. Well, and that's, you know, one thing to let the listeners know is that the guns that are sold at auction are going to dealers that have to uh, do the background checks. And so the guns are not going to criminals. All right. So the message is, once again, the tool itself is bad and evil and, you know, somehow imbued with with something terrible instead of understanding that it is it is just a thing like a car. And so why not sell it? Why not right. uh, put the money back into the system? So it is a political statement. I, I have to believe that. Well, without a doubt. And, of course, there's no way that a gun sold at a police auction, the, or the, the person who buys that gun, isn't going to be run through the Knicks background check system. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's exactly what they're going to do. First and foremost, they're going to run the background check on these people to make sure that they're legally allowed to give them the firearm because the police officers running this thing definitely don't want to be breaking the law to begin with. It's as you said, it's a cultural thing that we're seeing that's going out and it's getting into some of the bigger cities and even the western and the southern states. And if we're going to hang on to that type of heritage that we have, mm-hmm. where people believe in the right to defend themselves, mm-hmm. then that's through, those are the type of things that we're going to have to fight. Well, on the very side of the the debate, right, the, the rights restrictors, the anti-gun side that is so uh, all for this universal background check, right, if they're so for that then why wouldn't they embrace selling these firearms through a system that is dictated, mandated through a background check system? So they either believe in it or they don't. Pick a side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And it, it's it's part of the reasons where when you hear these arguments, a lot of the times when you hear the gun control side speak to their issue, they're going to talk towards the cultural side. They're going to talk towards the emotional side. And they're going to get away from the facts. Mm-hmm. And the facts are that the law-abiding gun owner out there is a good person to have as a friend, as a neighbor, as a member of the community. These are people who are responsible, who are good citizens, taxpaying citizens, more than happy to go out there and do their part for the community in whatever way that might be, and to restrict their rights and their ability to defend their family and home. The only thing that does is sell a political message. It doesn't make anybody safer, and it's not going to keep the bad guys away. So, Lars, what does how, what does the ILA actually do? I mean, do they work with city level, state level, and federal level, what do they do? I know it's one of those things. When I first started working here, friends and family were always asking, like, "What? What? What are you doing?" <laughs> well, most people, you say the NRA, and they think about the political machine. Right. They, they think that it's this. You know, here we are in a, a six-story building in the outskirts 
of Northern Virginia, not far from Washington, D.C. And uh, the ILA is the Institute for Legislative Action, and that is actually the political side of the NRA. The other five floors here at the building, that's on the program side of the NRA. So with the NRA ILA, we deal with the political issues on the state, city, and federal levels. So if something is going on, if something is happening, then we're the ones that are out there. We have our representatives, we have our lobbyists, we have the people that are our volunteers that are on the ground that notify us when things are happening if we don't know right off the bat. So we can get people out there to rally support for the law-abiding gun owner. So if, if in my city there was a gun issue that came up that I thought was going to be a big issue, we, we would contact the ILA and they would help oh, us with that? Okay. Definitely, definitely. If there's something coming up, i tell you the, the primary number that you should call is 703-267-1170, and they'll be happy to put you in touch with the right people to rally support or to let you know that we're on top of it and you're going to see something happen there. And that's why we need to remind our listeners that we need to be careful who we vote, even for um, the smallest level of office. Absolutely. City council, mayors, all those uh, positions matter because they will keep climbing up the ladder. There's a lot of local positions that they don't even declare their uh, uh, party affiliation. And you have to dig for that information. And so you think they're they're your good buddy, whatever, they're great, you vote them in. Well, the next thing you know, they're, they're going for, you know, state senator, right? Now it really matters. Right, yeah, you never know how someone is going to rise. And, and for us overall, be they Republican, Democrat, or Independent, I, we could care less about what the party affiliation is. We are a single-issue organization, and that's the Second Amendment. A lot of people sit there and say, oh, the NRA, they're that uh, Republican conservative organization. So no, no, we endorse Democrats, we endorse Republicans, we endorse independents. We endorse who we believe is the best candidate for whatever office that might be at that time, Mm -hmm. depending on what their record is when it comes to supporting the Second Amendment. That's a perfect distinction. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it really does come down to, um, you know, that the Second Amendment is not a left or right issue. It is a constitutional issue and the Constitution belongs to everyone. So, Lars, we've got to run, but thank you so much for taking the time and, and coming on. We've got to have you on more often, I think. What do you think? Well, I'm here whenever you need me, Cheryl. I love it. Well, thanks again. Happy New Year. And I know we'll be seeing you in, in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks at the SHOT Show, right? One can only hope. All right. God willing and the creek don't rise, huh? <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> All Happy right, New Year to you both. Happy Thank New you. Year. All right. Well, stick around because we have Minister Jazz coming up. Now, Minister is the conflict de-escalation specialist that works with the Black Guns Matter organization. And we've had uh, the founder of that, Maj Ture, on a couple of times. This is a great group doing some really important work. So stick around. We're going to learn some things on the other side of this Cajun version of Auld Lang Syne and these commercials.
When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. Welcome back to the New Year's edition of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. Cheryl, this is making me a little sleepy. <laughs> it is It is a slower version. Well, we went out to commercial with the Cajun version, and that was like a yeehaw. So I thought, well, let's simmer it back down a little bit. Um, we are sponsored oh, by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And our theme today is Raising Baby New Year and uh, thinking about, you know, what what has passed, what is to come. And uh, I was excited to be able to connect with our next guest because I think anytime you can learn some new skills and take those into the new year with you, that's a win right there. And so Minister Jazz, she is the Black Gun Matter Movement's de-escalation specialist. She educates and engage, engages traditionally oppressed communities about their rights as U.S. citizens, particularly regarding the Second Amendment. And uh, we are just excited to bring you on. Are you with us, Minister? I am here. I am right here. And you don't have to worry. I am also known as a spark star, so you don't have to be bored, Dan. We're going to get excited. We're going to get hyped. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not, I, am, I am super not bored. In fact, I want to know, how did you get involved with Flat Guns Matter? Yeah, that's a great organization doing, I mean, just incredible work that's so, so needed out there. So how did you get connected? And I love that spark star. I mean, that will wake you up. I mean, hello. Yeah. So how did you get connected with uh, with Maj Ture and, and Black Guns Matter? I've been, uh, I've known Maj Ture for some time now. And in, interesting enough, uh, way back in the day, we had um, opposing views about uh, how to approach violence. And just as maturity happens and life happens, we've come closer and closer and closer together as I've seen the need for protection in a um in a way and he's also seen the need for um you know de-escalation and conflict resolution and you know and it's just like
like roads crossed at the perfect time. And here we are um, just really supporting communities and a holistic approach. Well, I just absolutely love that. And I think relationships that start that way are some of the richest because, you know, you've gone through the fire together, right? And mm-hmm, so you, you both know what you really value and you can uh, value that in someone else without shifting from your position. And I think that that maybe is one of the skills that we're losing somehow in in our modern world because you know when you look on facebook that's such a perfect example it's like everybody's just about mic drop moments you know and flaming at each (laughs) other and it's like you know they just want to talk at they don't want to actually conversate and share ideas so how do you then step into that uh mainstream kind of thinking and culture and make any headway Yeah, well, when you think about what the word conflict means, it means to strike against or to strike with. So that's what you're having. You're having um, people opposing each other and not opening up to the possibility of how can we work together? How can I hear you? And so coming from a perspective of let's listen to each other, let's understand and identify the needs of one another so that we can get through this as opposed to, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, and it has to be my way or the highway. And that's where conflict continues, continuously happens, is when people take a stance, and they live inside of that stance for on and on and on and on, not realizing that things can change, things have changed, and then how can we make those changes so that we can have a win-win conversation? You were speaking about winning in the new year, and a lot of us, we come from a perspective of, win lose you know i mm-hmm. have to win you have to lose in order for me to win and you know and it doesn't have to be that way and conflict resolution and de-escalation teaches us how to create win-win situations so that everyone gets to go absolutely and i just I, it really everything is a zero-sum game it seems like and if you even nod your head in in acknowledgement to your opponent like okay i hear the words coming out of your mouth that you're afraid to even do that because it with the mindset that it's a win-lose if you even nod your head it's like okay you agree with me I win and and we're done with this conversation and and it's like no we're, we're at the very beginning of the conversation I'm just opening my mind to hearing what you have to say uh, but it's like it's terrifying to us to to even open uh, in that well, way I'm glad that you used the word fear, Um, you know, and I talk about moving too fast. And a lot of times that's where uh, the most, where accidents happen, where violence goes to the next level is when someone's moving too fast, not taking the time to listen. And fast is an acronym for fear, anxiety, stress, and tension. And when people feel any of those things within themselves, within their bodies, within their minds, they move too fast and then things escalate. Things go to the next level. And, you know, and all puns intended, I want you people to just get a grip, right? So it's like, <laughs> get right in your perspective, Just think about what is actually happening now, not bringing all of my baggage, all of my weight to the situation and having like, you know, so you have you think that your your opponent, quote unquote, is just one person. But really, they're an army of 100 minds, all of their experiences from the past, their, you know, their life experiences and then their ancestral experiences are coming at you. And then the other side, that's the same thing. And it's just like if we can just get a grip and just acknowledge what's happening in the moment right now how about 
I can listen to you. And then I can nod in acknowledgement and then we can have an understanding and then we can move forward. That's not what's happening. You are so correct, Cheryl, when you say, you know, it's just like, oh, you acknowledge me. Okay, I won, you know, <laughs> and it's like it's such a, um, a immature stance. It in really regards is. to uh, how to how to approach life, you know? And even if the acknowledgement is, okay, we agree that we disagree and we agree to disagree, th- there, I think there's nothing wrong with that because you, you kind of live to, to fight another day. Um, and if you can allow the person that's on the opposite side to really feel heard, then if that person does find themselves wanting to explore your side, you are much safer... Mm-hmm outlet for that you're a much safer place for them to go to say well you know that one thing you said I want to I kind of want to agree with that but I don't want to give up my position right away right Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you would be the person that they would come to how powerful is that it is so powerful Cheryl you you must have read one of my um many books uh because it is about being safe and to me safe stands for stop assess feel, and then express. So if you can just stop for a moment, so many times you're just going, 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 going. And it's about feeling safe so that if you can get to a place where you like can stop and just assess what's happening, feel, and then determine how is that feeling. And then I can express that to you in a way where we're not now against or at odds. You know, um, it, this this uh, this term agree to disagree thing. I think uh, we use that, and then we walk away still feeling remorse, or we walk away still feeling resentment, mm. and that resentment carries on to another conversation. So you know, it's really about understanding to a point where I don't have to use your strategy in order to get my need met, but trusting that your strategy is the best strategy for you at this time until you learn a different way, and this is my strategy. And if we can look at it. Look at things from that perspective of everyone has, you know, they're trying to get from point A to point B the best way they know how. So many times it's like, if you don't take point A to point B the same route that I take it, then you're completely wrong. You know what I mean? So I'm going to disagree with you and I'm going to walk away and I'm not, you know, and I have all of this resentment for you not taking the same route that I took. When in actuality, if I can just say, hey, oh, that's your strategy? Cool. That's cool for you. This is my strategy. Oh, wow, that's cool. Let me see how that works out for you. Let me see how that works out for you. And then it's just like, oh, you know what? You actually got there a little bit quicker, more efficiently. But that's where people need to open up. And that's where mindfulness comes in is just being able to be safe stop for a minute, right? Assess what's happening, you know, feel how I'm feeling and then express how I'm feeling. And if we can do that and look and say, oh, wow, that's an interesting strategy that you're using there. It's not about right and wrong. It's not about good and evil. It's about effective and ineffective. And if we can just all commit to taking the most effective path, then we'll be, we'll have a lot, you know, a lot more in common. (laughs) We'll have a lot less to fight about. You know, but everyone wants to just be, this is the good way, this is the bad way. I you love know, it. And, and those those polar opposites are going to continuously get us in trouble over and over and over again when it comes to violence and escalating situations. That is perfect. And, you know, we've got to run to commercial and we're going to come back and mm. talk with you some more. But uh, okay. when you were saying all that, the vision I had in my head, because you're like, you were talking about, well, you take this path and I'll take that path. We'll see mm-hmm. how it works out. Mm-hmm. Is the map on my my smartphone? 
right? So even the, I don't know if it's Google Maps, I don't know what map it is, but it gives you like three different options how to get to a place, right? So just, just as a visual to have in your mind that one's not wrong, one's not right. It's just different it's just paths. Another alternative. It's just a you different have a different path. iPhone exactly. than I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan always tells the iPhone that it's wrong. You know, it's like, shut up, Siri. So <laughs> I know where yeah, I'm going. And then you know, and then it leaves him feeling all stressed out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> now you have a tool that's not working for you. So I get it, Dan. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, stick around because we've got a couple of quick commercials, and when we come back, we're going to dig a little deeper into the topic of conflict de-escalation with Minister Jazz of Black Guns Matter. Stick around. Everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast: long guns, pistols, hunting, military law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town, Avondale, off the I-10 and Dysart Road, and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And we're talking today with a spark star. I don't know why I keep playing these these sad, so, slow yeah. versions of Auld Lang Syne. Sounds like I'm traveling in space. I know. I should, my goodness. I didn't line that up very well. And then we're going to introduce you to Minister Jazz, the spark star. Man, I, I set the tone all wrong. <laughs> well, welcome back to the show, Minister. Minister Thank you. Hey, hey, welcome. Hey. I want to ask you, there's a lot of, we might have listeners that don't know what Black Guns Matter uh, uh, organization or movement is about. So could you kind of explain mm-hmm. what it is and what you guys, do? what is your goal? What is, what is it what you want, you want to do? Wake people up, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So it's, um, 
So, it, you know, ironically, and, and no accidents at all, uh, your tagline, we educate, we well, say, say it to me, Cheryl, because when you said it, I was like, yes, yeah, yes, it, engage, educate, and inform. Uh-huh. That's exactly what we do. Mm-hmm. However, um, we're doing it in a way where we're talking to traditionally oppressed communities where they wouldn't get this information readily and or they wouldn't even know where to look for it mm-hmm. and or they wouldn't even know that it's just available, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, we go into neighborhoods and communities um and we, you know, just engage them in a way on their on hook them at where they are. And, you know, let's all come up together so that we can have a different outcome, particularly in oppressed communities. So so, so teaching people about their their Second Amendment rights, just their constitutional mm-hmm. rights, just things that, that they've been disconnected from generationally a lot of times exactly exactly i mean how do you how do you get the people there do you you say okay i'm going to go into this area i'm gonna do what how am i going to get them to listen to me well they listen because we are them yeah um, you know uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> there's no there's no disconnect and uh, you know one of my um you know, things is community engagement, right? How do you engage in community? You embrace them as they are. And we approach not trying to change you, but to enhance, mm-hmm. right? We're bringing something to the table and we're learning from you. What are your needs? That's one of the beginning of any conversation. If I can understand what your real needs are, your genuine concerns, then I'm bringing that to the table, you know, and where you are fed, you will you know, get nourished, nice. you know, so it's like, I'm not going to eat what I don't want. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to eat what I already have, you know, if I, if I already have tons of that. So we're bringing new information and we're bringing it in a way where it's attractive and people are like, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They didn't even know they were thirsty until we offered the drink. Right. So that's how we get them to show up. Well, <laughs> it you know, makes sense. Our gun shop is in a, what I would call in a kind of an oppressed area. And we mm-hmm. have people that come in. Some of them are afraid to come in. And, and we may not yeah. be able to communicate with that community well because they don't see us as part of, of them. So I understand yeah. that. And I think it's a great thing that you're doing. And there are people that have needs in these communities, really yeah, have needs, definitely. but they have no idea what or how to do it. They think they're not allowed to have guns. They think that they don't yeah. know how to operate guns. There's so much to it. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing with that. Well, thank and- you. And that's the, that's the, that's the key. It's just like that fear of I'm not even allowed. Like, where did that conversation come from? Mm. Right. And right. so it, it goes generationally over and over and over again. And then there's this huge disconnect of what a firearm is actually used for, what the purpose mm. of it is. You know, you're looking on television and there's this stereotype and then it's just like, well, I'm not that, so I don't need it. And, you know, and then that's where you know, the, the fallacy begins. Absolutely. Well, I don't want to get through our, our interview and not talk about your Spark Star Academy. So talk to us about that really quickly. <laughs> and then I want to go back to what it is you're, you're teaching. And maybe it's the same thing with the Black Guns. Matter. It is. It really is. So um, with Spark Star Academy, I am, gen- I am um, specifically targeting youth um, between the ages of 11 and 17 to understand 
qualities of mindfulness to understand qualities of um, conflict resolution within themselves and then so that they can create that in their communities. Uh, you know, so many times we go out and we're experiencing adults that have had these behaviors for so long. So my thought was, why not reach them before it gets, you know, ingrated as a, becomes a bone of, you know, how it, is, it, it needs to be. While it's still cartilage level, mm-hmm. let's embrace these spark stars and get them understanding what it means to, to, uh, to have conflict resolution, to approach situations with confidence, to, you know, speak with, um, you know, total inspiration and, 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 and inspire others to do the same. So that's what it means to be a spark star. And so just reaching these youth in a, in a powerful way so that they can understand who they are, their rights, and what is possible for them. You know, the kids are grown up with a uh, family that are se- separated or divorced because they, the parents alone didn't know how to do cl- conflict resolution. If we don't know how to do conflict right. resolution, we're not going to make it. I mean, a couple will right. not make it. And so how no do you who teach you that to the so, kids? And so I love right. the idea of your academy. Tell folks how they can find out about your academy. Well, definitely visit um, ministerjazz.com, www.m-i-n-i-s-t-a, mm-hmm. <laughs> jazz.com. If you hear me say minister, they think in E-R, but it's ministerjazz, m-i-n-i-s-t-a, jazz.com, for more information on Sparkstar Academy, which will be launching in February 2017. Minister, can I ask you, how, how did you, the name? Tell us about the name. I have to know. Okay? Really quickly. It's cool. It's cool. Really I like quickly. it, but I just want to know. <laughs> really quickly, uh, if you are a uh, anywhere hip-hop in the 80s, um, KRS-One, Living Legend, uh, I, I work with him, and he actually gave me the name Minister Jazz. I love it. Well, I'm 61 yeah. now. Minister means simply to serve. Okay. I'm I'm love 61 it. now, and my music is mostly that. Yeah. My what? My oh. daughter. <laughs> my daughter. She'll hear me play a country song, and then that will come on, and she'll go, "Dad, he's what? are you okay?" Very varied. <laughs> I love that music. He's he's got a wide variety. I mean, one minute it's chamber music, and then the next minute it's hip hop, and it's just everything That's in like between. Me. Right? Well That's rounded. like me too. That's like me too. Love it. Well, I, I don't want to run out of time, but that clock just keeps ticking. So we, we were talking beforehand about trauma-influenced action. So, mm-hmm. you know, where does that come from? And you had a catalyst uh, event in your life that kind of put you on this path of helping people to, to reorder their thoughts and, and their reactions. So can you tell us yes. a little bit about that? Definitely sure. So in life, we reach choice points. We reach places where we have to make a decision. And it's up to us to say, are we going to make the same decision that we've always made to get us to this place? Or are we going to try something different? When I was 17, really young, um, to make the story super quick, um, I was abducted and um, put in a basement, left for, uh, I guess, the, 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 the takings of someone that had just recently was released from jail um, and his friends thought it would be a good idea to abduct someone so that he can uh, have sex with and do whatever oh. he wanted to with the person so and that, that person happened to be me oh and um, in that moment terrified afraid just something spoke to me and said just get to know him um, understand him talk to him don't be afraid right mm-hmm. um and it's so hard to say, like to say don't be afraid and you're afraid mm-hmm. but it was just like how can i not be afraid well genuinely being um authentically 
interested in who this person was outside of all of the labels that was making me afraid. I had to realize that human to human, I wasn't afraid. I'm not afraid of your heartbeat. I'm not afraid of your blood. I'm not afraid of your breath, but I'm afraid of the labels. So let's get back to the basics of the beat blood breath. What makes your heart beat? right? What makes you breathe another day? What makes you tick, right? And and I had that conversation with this person and it was like a breath of fresh air for him. Right. He realized that no one had ever took the time to care. And after about eight, nine, ten hours of being locked in this basement with him, you know, he tried and, but I just kept bringing it back to the deep blood breath and he let me go. Wow. He let me go. And I stood there and I was just like, wow, what happened? what happened complete shock so that was a choice point i could have gotten very like hard and you know i hate men and you know everyone's out to get me and on you know and go on a tirade in that way and or i became who i became the spark star which is like how can i inspire other people to be genuinely um open to who it is that someone else is in order to ease the pain of all of the labels and things that people carry, carry, getting back to the basics of just being a human being and our similarities and how that can dissolve the hurt and heal the hurt. That is an incredible yeah. story. I am just blown away by that. And I mean, you, you humanized him, you humanized yeah. yourself. And, uh, you know, knowing that you went through that and were able at 17 to figure that out yeah. and, and get yourself out of that horrible situation, I would imagine that you you hear the victim minded uh, rhetoric out there as maybe not offensive because you don't sound like you're someone who takes offense, but as ridiculous as it is and and as an opportunity. Well, I just learned that that was what people's strategy has become, right? So that's the path that they've taken. That on that when that when that moment happened, because if you go back to when we were all five years old, Cheryl, we didn't have all of this. Shit. <laughs> we didn't have all that. All right. So, then, Agreed. so between the ages of five and I guess like 11 and 15 or 21, we, we came across choice points and we began to choose whether we were going to be hard or we were going to be human. Hmm. And the more times you choose to be hard as a protection, you, you know, you would, you get that armor of hardness and then, so I'm not, I don't feel like people are ridiculous for choosing that path. I just feel like they didn't know another way. So I'm more compassionate. And it's with that compassion that those layers of the armor can come off. And when you can hear en enough people say, hey, with compassion, with understanding, with empathy, you can be human again. You can open up again. You will begin to trust that path and try a different strategy. But enough of us have to be courageous enough and brave enough to do that and show up in that way and that spectacular way that will lighten the path for other people. I love it. We have got to run and I, I hate it because I want to talk more with you. I, I want to explore this some more. <laughs> well, we got to be back on show. I, no problem. <laughs> you, you are invited back on. We will find a date. I love it. And and you were uh, the third part of our four part series on conflict de-escalation. And I know that what you have offered people today is going to enrich their 2017. It's up to them to allow it to. Right. Yes, it, it totally is up to you to allow the information and inspiration that you've experienced to, to help you to make a different choice. And I hope that everyone listening to the sound of my voice chooses 
human chooses to beat blood breath and chooses to move on spartacularly in 2017. I love it. And they can find you. Tell us again real quickly before we run away. Ministerjazz.com. M-I-N-I-S-T-A-J-A-Z-Z.com. You can leave me a message if you want more information. Reach me directly. I'm totally accessible. And through Black Guns Matter Movement. Fan. Fantastic. Thank you again so much and happy new year, Minister Jazz. New year to you, show. Bye-bye, show and Dan. Bye-bye now. All right, stick around because on the other side of this break, we have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary. Um, stick around. Hi, folks. I'm Don Carter. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And I'm awake again. And you're awake again. And that's the, that is the version of Old Lang Syne I should have had on for Minister Jazz, the spark star. Instead, I had all that, you know, sad, slow, sleepy, jazzy version. So <laughs> I got to think these things through a little bit better in the future. Well, we are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are wrapping up our uh, 2016 New Year's Eve edition of Gun Freedom Radio. And uh, one of the things that we we always say, this is one of our favorite uh, segments, is because we get to bring you stories of responsibly armed citizens. Fights a never-ending battle for truth. Justice and the American way. Responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. This story that we're about to play for you 
This is a story to keep in mind all through the new year. Every time you hear someone call for common sense gun reform, I want you to remember this story. It is also for anyone who asks, who needs a gun? And for those who give naive platitudes such as, if something happens, just call the police. You see, danger relies on the laws that restrict our access to defensive tools because he has no intention of following them and he knows that you and I will. Danger loves the voices out there that try to shame law-abiding people from owning firearms. And Danger embraces and cheers for the anti-gun politicians who help make his job so much easier because he hopes that the people on the other side of the door that he is about to kick in have bought into the guns are bad bumper sticker logic and he and his friends as they storm into your home hope that all the Hollywood celebrities who emotionally guilt us into disarming ourselves have been successful and at 2.30 in the morning when danger strikes suddenly and without warning he further counts on the vision of the tear-streaked face of President Obama having influenced Danger's victims to be sitting ducks for fear of hurting the President's feelings. All these things I want you to keep in mind as you hear this story, our last story of the year 2016, because as we move into 2017, we can be assured that Danger and those who want you and I, disarmed, will not rest and will not take a vacation, and neither can we. Two people are recovering after an attempted robbery in North Lubbock overnight. Police say several people tried to break into a home in the 1800 block of Bates Street around 225. One of the victims heard a knock on the door, but no one answered. Then a second knock was followed by multiple gunshots at the door getting kicked in. The victim's brother woke up and fired a shot at one of the bandits, Adrian Lee Hernandez, holding him down until police arrived. Another man ran away from the home. Hernandez will be charged with burglary once he improves. If you have any information on the other person, please call Crimeline at 741. And see, it happens so suddenly. There was no time to just call the police and have them get uh, units dispatched and have them travel through city traffic to get to this home. The homeowner had to be their own first responder, or this would have been a much different story and probably one we would have heard on the network news, which is such an ironic thing to me that when someone uses a gun correctly and responsibly and safely, peep, nothing, crickets. Please keep in mind, we respect the police. We love them, and we like what they do for us, but they can't be everywhere. Right. They're not omnipresent. And so we have to be the first defense. Absolutely. We have to be. All right, and now it is time for Dan's Commentary. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. I got this article this morning from Breitbart News Headlines. Anti-Second Amendment Grinches hold Christmas gun turn-in. On December 21st, Hempstead, New York, kids were asked to turn their toy guns in. 
Now, I said toy guns. I'm not talking about the ones that look exactly like real guns that are sometimes mistaken for for real guns by law enforcement. I'm talking about toy guns. Toy guns like Nerfs. You know, the bulky plastic space type guns that no one, no way look real. These are what they're asking the kids to turn in. They're going to give you a new toy. Well, this is headed by, I'm going to tear this name apart, I know, (laughs) Gene Sharoff. With help from the Hempstead Heights Civil Association and Mayor Wayne Hall. You know, it kind of reminds me of an old cartoon movie about this guy. He was called the Burger Meister Meister Burger. <laughs> and he took away all the kids' toys. But you know what, Cheryl? The kids uh-huh. found a way yep. to get toys anyway. Go figure. And I, I just don't understand. I mean, what's the logic? I don't know what the logic is, but I love that Burgermeister Meister Burger. He no hated toys. toys. He outlawed toys, right? Yeah. And you sound and just like him. Thank you. Because I've got no. You get it once. But you know, do kids just suddenly not uh engage in that kind of play? No, they still point their fingers just like guns. Right? Well, I'll do they another quote from another Pop-Tarts movie. Tarts in the shape of a gun. I'll give another example of another movie. It's called The Twilight Zone, where people live somewhere that's not really true. And I think what they're trying to do is they think, okay, if we can just take the, co- the toys away from the kids, then we can take the, toy- the guns away from the movies, then we can mm. take the guns away from the books, and guess what? Kids don't know what guns are. Mm. That's what they're trying to do. Well, Maybe. I don't think that could ever happen because, you know, the military uses guns, police officers use guns. And and that is such an oddity to me. And I guess maybe that's why we're seeing so much vilification of our first responders and even the military. Um, because if if they are the good guys and good guys use this tool of defense um, and to protect others with this tool, well, how does that fit in their narrative? It just it screws everything up for them. Right. Well, me and James, we have an idea. Yeah. Okay. So what we want to do is all you kids that have broken toy guns, put them in the closet, wait until next year, go to Hempstead, New York, and trade all your broken toys for brand new toys. Thank you, James. That's good. You know, and then what I'm thinking is, what are they doing with the broken? I mean, with the, the turned in. So they're, are they... They're putting them on eBay. Maybe. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, what are we, filling landfills full of plastic guns? Are we burning them and putting, you know, toxins in the air because they're made of plastic? I mean, and then the kids are going to want more toy guns. So now the toy makers that make toy guns are going to have a booming business because the parents are going to go and rebuy the guns. It's just, it, it's a silly well, it, Cheryl, what idea. Did the burger, I don't understand. What did the Burger Meister Meister Burger do with the toys? Uh, I think he put them in the bins. He burned them. I'm pretty sure. That was the Santa Claus's coming to town claymation or... What were those things? They're like puppets. I love those shows like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay. We have got to get out on time because I want to leave you with an awesome recording of Gene Autry. Who still knows who Gene Autry is? He's He's back in the saddle again. Singing cowboy. And he did a great recording of a New Year's Eve leading into, I think it was from 49 to 1950. And as you listen, you'll hear how, how different the world was, but yet how 
similar. It has remained because people, we just, we really don't change as much as we think we're evolved. But I think it's a fun recording to leave you with on New Year's Eve. And thank you. Pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Pray for each other. God bless. Happy New Year. Well, that brings us right up to the last day of the year, folks. Just a few hours from now, the old man with the cycle will make way for the kid in the three-cornered pants. And a new year will begin. But before we all go, I'd like to thank 1949 for being mighty generous and good to all of us. He had a tough job to do, and he did it well. It's true he's aged quite a bit. His back is bent from worrying about a few people who still think wars are the only way to settle differences. And his hair has turned gray from concern over seeing folks that are starving and sick. But in spite of it all, there's still a twinkle in his eye that's full of hope for a younger coming along in 1950. And so I'd like to propose a toast on this New Year's Eve. And first, here's to the old man. May you find joy and satisfaction in the knowledge of a job well done. Here's to the kid. May you find a better and a happier world during your reign. And 12 months hence, may you pass on to a lad as yet unborn a job made easier by the folks who lived in 1950.